You're listening to the Together in Literacy podcast, a podcast for educators, families, and advocates that connects the research of reading, dyslexia awareness, and the whole child. We're your hosts, Casey Harrison and Emily Gibbons. As two literacy dyslexia specialists, we've come together to talk about literacy, dyslexia, and the connection to the social-emotional impact that it has on our students, their families, and the educators who serve them. We welcome you to join us on this exciting and educational journey into dyslexia as we come together in literacy. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.togetherinliteracy.com. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Casey. Hi, Casey. Hello. And we have a wonderful guest with us today. We'll introduce in just a few minutes, but her name is Hope McNabb. Hello, Hope. Hi. And we are episode number seven in the Together in Literacy podcast. And Casey, if I have my dates correctly... I believe that this is the first episode of 2022. That is correct. So if you are listening, thank you and happy new year to all of you. And uh, we hope it is filled with all of your hopes and dreams that you have planned for the new year. Uh, we always like to start the podcast episode with some feedback from our wonderful listeners. So this is from S. Bartoloma and it's entitled, thank you so much. Emily and Casey are doing a fantastic job explaining the why of this important topic. Looking forward to hearing more about strategies to improve my own education practice. Thank you so much and good luck. Well, thank you to that listener. We just love hearing your feedback. It just really brightens our day, puts some wind in our sails, of course, as well. And if you would love to leave us a positive rating and some feedback, love to hear from you. And we may read your feedback on a future episode. All right. So that was uh, today's feedback. So we're going to get started with our guest today, which is really exciting because Hope is the first guest of the Together in Literacy podcast. So she is extra special. <laughs> All right, Casey, fill us in. Tell us about yeah. Hope. <laughs> Well, I am so excited to have this very special guest here with us today. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing Hope McNabb, who is now a freshman college student. I've known her since she was a young girl, and Hope is here to talk to us about her journey with dyslexia and to share some advice. She's a brilliant student and just really brings so much to the world. So I'm so excited to have Hope here with us today. And it's really a pleasure. So thank you so much, Hope, for being here with us. Yes, thank you once again. So I know our listeners, you know, they're parents and educators, and they have a lot of questions about, you know, dyslexia, but also really that journey. And if you'd be willing to share with us a little bit about your journey with dyslexia and, and how you feel and, and some of those social emotional pieces that come along with that. 
Yeah, so I was uh, diagnosed with dyslexia when I think I was around eight or nine, around that age. So I was still pretty young, but I had always really struggled with reading and, and spelling. And I still definitely struggle with spelling a lot. <laughs> but yeah, it was just really hard for me personally to be like in a classroom. And I remember we used to do this thing in, in first grade we would have short little books and we would, it was basically reading comprehension. And so you would get to like go on to the next level, depending on how well you read the previous book. And so I remember I was always stuck at like the lowest level. Cause I was just like really struggling with just putting all the words together and, and really understanding what I was reading or sounding out in the end. I just couldn't like put it all together in my head. It was all there, but it just wasn't clicking. And so it was just really difficult for me to advance at the same pace as my other classmates were. And so I felt like I was falling behind, even like as a little kid, just because I saw my other classmates reading these, this book and this chapter book and all this stuff. And I was still, you know, really struggling to even sound out the words that were in the you know, basic books. So it was a, a little bit difficult for me growing up with dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Emily, did you have a question? You know, I, yeah, it's, I, whenever I get a chance to speak with people about their journey, there's always this one piece that really sticks out for them. And you mentioned the um, little books reading in the first grade and how that was just such a challenge for you. And even today, I'm sure you just, you remember that feeling. All right. Hope. Tell us a little bit about when you did find out that you had the diagnosis of dyslexia. Tell us what you went through, any communication you may have had with your family. And was there a feeling of empowerment or was there something else? Did you have to come to that feeling of empowerment? Maybe not, maybe not feeling it right away. Yeah, it definitely was a process. The test itself, I remember being so just frustrated with it because it was like an all day thing. And I was just sitting in that room and I was like, oh, I just want to go home. But me and my brother got tested at the same time. We went on the same day and we were in different rooms. And then I didn't quite understand why I was there I just knew that like I had been I wasn't going to school that day and I was going to Austin and it, I just remember it being really long and really a lot of reading and numbers and just everything and I was like this isn't really missing out on school at all this is just even more school but after we got the diagnosis I think that my parents were really relieved that they finally could pinpoint what we needed help with exactly so they could help us to you know cater to those needs because my brother also really struggled with reading comprehension and spelling and everything like that so it was definitely a, a struggle for my parents to try to get us to read every night or or uh, help us with our spelling tests and but the feeling of empowerment really didn't come until I was a little bit older and I better understood what was dyslexia and and how it affected how I how I lived my life and how I comprehended things around me was there any book any particular book or any person that you may have listened to or any teacher that helped build that empowerment for you 
really it, w- it was Casey because yeah. we my mom <laughs> contacted her like I don't know a few months or so after we had gotten our diagnosis and she came to St. Stephen's and we started doing comprehension like practice and, and stuff like that with reading and we had like a sound chart to help us with like our pronunciation of different vowel sounds and so it was really through Casey that I like was able to start understanding more about how to improve on the challenges that I was I was facing and she was like oh you should read Harry Potter and and that was like one of the first chapter books that I ever like started reading and I definitely really liked it a lot but (laughs) it was really good and yeah that was like kind of the first time that I ever started you know to work with this dyslexia or work try to work around it or or try to improve on it yeah that's great oh and kudos to Casey of course one of my favorite students oh that's wonderful (laughs) and it's it's so fun you know on my end to to watch that growth and development and to I thank Hope for sharing her memories with with us from of her journey because you know as an adult or being someone that's not experiencing it my perception of, of certain things was, was maybe just a little bit different than hers. And so I, I'm, it's so great to listen to Hope's journey and the things that she remembers, you know, are maybe different from what I remember. So I, I do say Hope, I know that as you move through the grades, one thing I think sometimes people may not understand is that students with dyslexia are incredibly intelligent. Hope is incredibly intelligent and that they can attend AP classes. And I have to brag a little bit about Hope because she had AP classes in English (laughs) in high school and she, I mean, rocked it. So, wow. (laughs) That is amazing. What an accomplishment for sure. So Hope, you know, as you kind of went through the grades, did you find that there were some ways that you could self-advocate for what you needed as you started to understand your own dyslexia and how that impacted your learning? Were there ways that you were able to advocate for yourself? Yeah, I think definitely speaking to my teachers and staff at the school to really help them understand, like, this is the problem I'm experiencing, and this is what help I need from you. From middle school to college, pretty much, I've had accommodations, like extra time on tests. I can have the test read aloud to me or A new one that I just got is that I don't have to use Scantrons, which was always a little bit confusing for me just because the, it it was just a little bit, the dots and the lines, I would mess up which question I was on and then it would just throw the whole thing off. And then I would just be like, oh, this is a mess. But really just being able to talk to your teachers and and your parents and, and say, this is the problem that I'm experiencing. And this is what I need from you to help me better face it or tackle it. Yeah. And I love that. And Hope, I think you're always so articulate in speaking to your needs. And how did you kind of develop that sense of awareness as far as what it was that you needed? It was really just, I would take the test and then I would notice that I wasn't finishing at the same pace as my other classmates. And I would be three questions behind and, and everybody's already like finished their test and, and I'm still trying to work on it and, and um, make sure I'm getting the right answers. Or I would 
skip over words when I was reading and it would cause me to misunderstand the question. And then I would give the wrong answer because I, I misunderstood it. And I think both of those things really influenced my communication with my teachers and how I was able to say, well, I need more time on this test. Like I can't finish this at the same rate as everybody else. Or I'm reading this question wrong and, and it's affecting how I'm doing on a math test or, or on a science test. And, and so I would need, you know, somebody to read it out loud to me or even just having those accommodations when I'm not using them, just to have them available in case I do need them, I think is also really important. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so helpful for our listeners to hear some of the accommodations that have helped you um, especially as you get older, because accommodations look different, you know, for younger kids as they may look as you get into middle and high school and to college. And I just really appreciate that, especially your emphasis on expressing the need for more time. Mm-hmm. It's just so, so helpful. Thank you for that. That was really, really great. So we were talking a little bit about self-advocacy and it seems to me from the way you've expressed what you've been able to communicate to teachers that they were really receptive and being helpful. And if there was something that you could say to teachers today, so teachers that may be listening to you, sharing your story and advice and so forth, what is, what is something that you wish teachers knew maybe they, they might not be sure if like, if they were able to, to walk in your shoes. I think to see that a lot of the kids that are like just slacking off in class or, or not really motivated to do the work are the ones that need that extra help or that extra push to really help them finish the work or help them even start it. I think that in high school, a lot of times it's the kids that are like, oh, I want to do this. Like uh, school is dumb. Like this is, this is not something I'm, I'm interested in. And I think it's really those kids that really need that extra push, that motivation to kind of to finish it and those accommodations to really help them to understand that it's not so much a competition as it is a personal journey. Like I feel like school should be about how you educate yourself and how others can help educate you the best that they can and not more about, well, what can I do to keep my grade point average like as high as it as it is and keep my test scores, you know, uh, to passing. And I think that's that's just really important. I love how you said it's not it's not a competition. It yeah. really is just this journey and, or as some people might say, there are like different chapters along the way and uh, to open up each new chapter, there might be different skill sets or um, to get to the next point, but also that you mentioned some of the students that may not appear to be as motivated or maybe looking as if they're slacking off, but truly might be the ones that need a lot of help. So I think bringing that up is just so, so important. Um, Thank you. And so, you know, that was amazing advice for, for educators and, you know, if we're looking at parents, I mean, we could probably bridge some of that same advice to parents, but Mm -hmm. is there something that you wish parents would know about students with dyslexia or, you know, being on a journey for, with learning? 
that it definitely isn't easy. <laughs> or even sometimes on my dad's phone, the voice memos will come up of, we used to record me and my brother reading. So mm-hmm. it would be like a little bit easier for us to like listen to it back and, and, and understand like what we were saying. Cause we were sounding out the words, but we were just having trouble putting it all together. Mm-hmm. And it definitely isn't an easy thing, especially with younger kids that aren't as receptive to what their problems are. They don't understand how to express their struggles to their parents. I think that it's definitely a lot of patience and working with your kid, not working to try to make them into a certain way for the public school system or whatever system that they're going into a more personalized because it's at home and 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 you can really work one-on-one with your child but it's always difficult you know with work and and uh, everything else going on that it's definitely a not an easy an easy journey to go on but to definitely persevere through it I think having those conversations you know as a family too to understand what dyslexia is what it isn't and yeah, you're right. Having that patience and that understanding of that it's your child's journey that they're going through and how you can best support them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and it sounds to me like you were able to have those conversations with your parents. Yes. Yeah. Casey definitely also really helped with that because when we got the diagnosis, it was very like, well, what do we do now? Like what, what's next? Like, how can we use this information to better help our kids? kids. And um, I think having somebody that can work one-on-one with your kids that specializes in learning disabilities or dyslexia can really help a lot. And have those conversations with families too. I know that for me, Hope's part of family. I love her. Um, but you know, you, you do, you, you develop these relationships, not just with the students, but with the, with the family as well. And to have those conversations so that everyone understands the uniqueness of each child and their strengths, and then also the areas that we're working on, kind of that, that teamwork approach. Yes, right. definitely teamwork. Yeah. yeah. And, and you make a good point that, you know, when you first get the diagnosis and there's just so much information probably to sift through and think about and like, what's, what's our plan here? It can feel a little overwhelming, not just for parents, but, but for kids too. So moving on, if you were in a room with somebody, a young kid or at any age, just finding out that they had the dyslexia diagnosis or, or we're just struggling with learning or reading just anything. What advice would you want to give them? I think to not beat yourself up about mistakes that you make. I think that always applauding the accomplishments and making them feel like, okay, well, I can do this. Like I got this. Like, it's not, like I said, it's not a competition. It's, it's, it's a journey and there's going to be ups and downs. And I think that you have to persevere and you have to say, well, I made this mistake. So next time I won't make the same mistake or I messed up this word. So now I know that I have a problem with this one. So I can you know, work on, on this in particular. And yeah. You know, I, I think it's just so important for kids to realize like it's okay to make mistakes yes. and kids are tough on themselves when they make mistakes, <laughs> including yeah. my own. 
So I think just, you know, giving you learning how to give yourself a little bit of grace and picking yourself up and, and knowing how to, how to go forward. So, so important. Great advice though. So hope, I know that you're in this new journey of being in college and this is why I wanted to have you on the, the podcast. I just think you're an amazing person and you are so in tune with yourself and what you need and you're able to express that. And so I really, I truly thank you. It's, it's my honor to have you here and to know you and hope is an amazing artist, but you know, what are some things that are your dreams for, you know, your future? What are some things that you're kind of hoping to achieve? It's a little bit difficult with an art major, I think, <laughs> as fun as it is and as like as interested as I am in the subject, it definitely is not an easy thing to find a very secure job in that field. Not saying that there isn't, but it definitely is a searching process. I don't really have any solid plans in particular just yet. I was going to go through with my first year of college and then see if I enjoy my major, if I want to add a minor. Emily and I were talking and, and I was saying that I took an art history class and that I was really enjoying it and that I was um, possibly going to consider doing a, a minor in art history. And I just want to kind of, you know, finish out the year and, and see if these classes are really, you know, what I am looking for in a higher education. And if I want to, you know, continue a career path in 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 the subjects, but I, I hope to be able to stay within the field of art because I just, I, I really do love it so much. It is so interesting and there's so much that you can really venture into with it. It's such a broad, a broad umbrella. So I hope to stay within the major, but you never know. I hope to stay within the field though. Yeah. Well, I have no doubts that you have a very bright future. Hope you are an amazing, amazing person. Hope I was, this isn't one of the questions I uh, was planning to ask you, but perhaps if there's a piece of artwork that you would like to maybe snap a photo of and share with us, if there's anything that you've done in the past that we could share on our blog, that we we would certainly feel honored to do that. I'd love to see some of your artwork now. I'm intrigued. (laughs) <laughs> of course, yes I could definitely send some y'all's way oh that would be wonderful yeah. <laughs> all right we are once again just just feeling so grateful to have our friend hope on the together in literacy podcast today hope thank you so much for just honestly sharing your experiences and we know that the listeners are just going to really enjoy listening to you and feeling inspired to share with their students or their own children. So thank you for joining us. And Casey and I, we will be talking about future episodes soon in 2022. I know we have been talking about topic under the umbrella of decodable books Mm -hmm. and also talking a little bit about phonemic awareness. So we, and also having different guests as well. So uh, we thank Hope for, for joining us as the first guest. Don't forget to please, please join us um, on the website, uh, www.togetherinliteracy.com. We'd love to have your um, ratings and feedback. Once again, if you have any questions, certainly feel free to reach out to us. The email address is support at togetherinliteracy.com. 
And Casey, we'll uh, see you all next time. And thank you so much, Hope. Yes, thank you, Hope. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Together in Literacy podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a positive review and subscribe to the podcast. Each comment means a great deal to us. And if you have any questions for us that you would like answered on the Together in Literacy podcast, please contact us at support at togetherinliteracy.com. Be sure to visit the website www.togetherinliteracy.com for show notes, downloads, and goodies. Thank you for helping us spread the word about the Together in Literacy podcast. We'll see you next time.